Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. Hola, me llamo Sumi. Tengo ocho años y vivo en Perú. In Peru, we have 86,848 kids enrolled in our programs. In this time of a health crisis, we are working with the children from their homes right now. We have 260 frontline church partners. Health and income generation connectivity both emotional and spiritual support to beneficiaries are the most important issues related to COVID-19. Another important challenge is family violence, which is related to child abuse. On the other hand, Compassion Peru have been bringing hope to every child, delivering medical supplies, hygiene kits, extra food, water, and other resources to help during this time of crisis. Instead of the lunch and medical checkups, they usually got provided at the project facilities. We started to deliver grocery bags, hygiene kits, and launched telemedicine appointments for the health cases. Our project volunteers have walked the extra mile to quickly adjust uh, to new technology and methodology. We are working with churches, providing lessons, using radio stations, using WhatsApp, using Facebook, the tutors, the pastors, really involved in uh, reaching out to the children every single week. They are praying with them, they are talking and they are teaching them about Bible and what Jesus says, especially in this time of need. They are also listening to their needs and also giving them a lot of encouragement. We see children overcoming their situations, children uh, with hope taking uh, the opportunities that the church or the Compassion has provided. Josh Mill is a five-year-old beneficiary who lives with his father, his mother, and two siblings in a rustic house with frail mud walls and tile roof. Uh, the house has no divisions. All families live in one space. Suddenly, they receive the news that they have a family gift from a Josh Mill sponsor. So with the support of the program volunteers, the family builds a room for Josh Mel, and when they were finishing the room, the sponsor sent another gift for them. So in the midst of hopeless, Josh Mel and his family experience God's love and the care to the sponsor and the children. Please know that the children really feel supported and reassured because they know that you are there for them. Poverty is not the lack of economic means, it is also the lack of will, the lack of worth, the lack of self-esteem. When you stand for compassion, you are sending every child a powerful message. You are telling them one truth, and it's that you are known, you are important, and you are loved. And this message is crucial for them in these uncertain times. Thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. Muchas gracias, muchas gracias por patrocinarme. Estoy muy agradecida. Estamos orando por ti. Sé fuerte. Come on, give it up for that this morning. That's awesome. I, uh, I love that message. You are known, you are important, you are loved. I hope you hear that here today. If you're brand new to ACF Church, that's really my message to you. We uh, have been praying for you. We're glad that you're with us here uh, this morning. If you're with us online, we love you online family. Thank you for joining us as well, uh, wherever you're watching from here today. If you're new, today is a big day. You might not know that you walked into Compassion Week, and this is a really big deal for our church. We partner with an organization called Compassion Passion International, uh, and, and really what they do is rescue children out of poverty in Jesus' name, which is amazing. And so we've been partnering with them for a while, and currently many of us, in fact, over 400 of you, uh, sponsor children in Burkina Faso, in really one of the most impoverished 
uh, countries in the world. And many of you actually received an email this week. Kind of, I, I just see like there are no coincidences in the kingdom of God. As we're coming up to this week in Compassion Sunday, many of you who sponsor children got an email that said, hey, there is a lot of military upheaval going on uh, in Burkina Faso and just many, many challenges there. And I hope for you when you got that email, what your thought was, was there's never been a better time to sponsor this child. Like, I mean, right now is the moment that they're, the workers there that we have on the ground would be fully resourced to do the things that they do. And so thank you for that. Keep praying uh, for your compassion children and for that nation as they work through some very, very difficult things. Um, well, a few years ago, we uh, were doing something called Impact Eagle River. Anybody know what Impact is? A few of you in the room? Okay. We're excited about it. It's coming up here uh, real soon, and we're going to be doing, doing it again. But for Impact, what we do is we cancel our normal Sunday morning services, and we go out into the community, and we serve people in the name of Jesus. And so this, typically we get lots of different projects from around the community. And a few years ago, we got this lady uh, called in, and she's like, hey, I've got a lot of stuff. And she said, I, I need some help getting rid of things. And one of my friends got assigned to this project and went over there beforehand just to kind of check things out. And he was like, dude, she is a hoarder. Like, like we're talking reality TV show style, stuff stacked to the ceilings like a hoarder. And so, I mean, they got a team together and they're thinking we need a couple dump trucks, you know, to haul all this stuff off. And, you know, the day of impact came. And later that day I talked to him. I was like, hey, how did it go? And I'm thinking, he's like, man, we hauled off like 10 dump truck loads worth of stuff. And he said, you know what? We ended up hauling off about enough stuff to fit in the back of my car. And I was like, how could that be, man? We sent you all these people and all this, you know, equipment to go get the stuff. And he said, here's what happened is like we came into the house and, and we started kind of picking things up. And every time we would pick something up, she would walk over and she would say, you can't have it. It's mine. And then they pick something out. What about this must be trash? And she goes, no, 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 you can't have it. It's mine. And they just went through the house. You can't have it. It's mine. Everything had value because it was hers. And what I want to talk about today is that this is how God sees you. Is that you actually have intrinsic, infinite value because you were made in the image of God. And I don't know what you walked in to church with this morning, what shame you might be carrying from your past, but I just, you need to know this today. From me to you, look up here, eyes on me. God looks at you, focus. God, God, God looks at you and says, you can't have her, she's mine. You can't have him, she's mine. Okay, I want you to hear that today and internalize that reality before we go anywhere here this morning. The image of God, this is so key, so essential to what, we do as believers is to show people that they bear the image of God. We have this vision as a church that it would be in Alaska as it is in heaven. And so our goal is to bring little pieces of heaven to earth in uh, different ways throughout the year. And today we're actually expanding our vision to be this, that it would be in Peru as it is in heaven. We have this new opportunity through Compassion International to expand our influence and reach to Cusco, Peru. And you might wonder, like, what does it mean for it to be in heaven, uh, in, in Peru, as it is in heaven? Like, what is, what is heaven like? What does it mean for heaven to show up to earth? Well, it means a few things. It means peace. When heaven shows up, peace shows up. It means justice. When heaven shows up, justice shows up. It means love, grace, wholeness. It means provision. Having what you need. That's what it means for heaven to show up. And so we believe that there's this kingdom of God that is here, that this is actually the most, uh, the, the, the message that Jesus spoke over and over again was that the kingdom of God is here. Like, like repent and believe there's good news. The kingdom of God is here. And so our job is to be part of sharing this ever expanding kingdom with the world around us. And so I want to lay out my cards before we move forward on any of this. Um, I am a terrible salesman. So I'm just going to tell you that right off at the top. Um, that's why I'm not selling cars. I'm a pastor because I am a terrible salesman. And I, I honestly, I don't want to sell you anything today. Um, as I said, we currently uh, sponsor over 400 children. And we have a goal today to sponsor over 300 children in Cusco, Peru. And here's the deal. Um, you guys showed up late because we've actually already sponsored over 300 kids as a church family. So... I guess y'all need to come to Wednesday night service because 
They rocked it. So here's the deal. We have actually, there's 400 total children that are available to sponsor in Cusco. And the needs obviously go way beyond Cusco, Peru. Um, but that is our goal. And like I said, um, there's no desire to sell you anything. Um, if you want to know what the cost is, it's $38 a month to sponsor one of these children. That's the cost. I know some of you, like you are, you are givers. I mean, in fact, ACF, you are the most generous church I've ever been a part of. Um, you guys, so many of you tithe to ACF and, and we talk about the tithe as our first 10% goes to the mission of God through the local church. And so that's something my wife and I have been doing since the day we were married and many of you do. And even through COVID, you guys have really supported the ministry of ACF really well. And then there's also offerings. And so we talk at church about tithes and offerings. Offerings are above and beyond the tithe. It's what also many of you do is you say, hey, I don't want to give God 10% of what I have. I want God to have all of me. And so I want to be on a journey of generosity towards God. Praise God that Jesus didn't tithe 10% of his blood. He gave it all, right? And so we don't just think in terms of tithe. Tithe is like training wheels, right, to generosity. And we're on this lifelong journey to grow in generosity. And so, so many of you are already doing that. And man, praise God for that. I'm so proud of you for that. Um, but yet, I think you probably got 38 bucks a month left to give. So that's, that's my thought here today, um, is that there is an opportunity here to step out in generosity and make a massive impact. And we're going to do something a little bit different here today than what we've done before. And at any point during my sermon, if I'm preaching and you're like, man, God's speaking to my heart, or maybe you already showed up ready to sponsor some children, you can come on up. Yeah, like that. You can come on up anytime and sponsor a child. It's not going to distract me. I'm going to keep preaching. So don't you worry about that. Um, you can come grab one of these. And also, if these all go away, there will be a QR code on the screen because there are more children available and you'll just be able to do it on your phone. So um, just know also, kind of side note, logistic-wise, if you guys grab one of these cards, you cannot leave with the card on the back. You actually have to leave that here. This is the only uh, packet that exists for this child on the face of the planet. Okay? And so uh, if you leave with that, this kid doesn't get sponsored, and uh, that's between you and Jesus. So you got to take care of that later. So make sure you wait until the end. We're going to give you more instructions. If you are with us online and you want to be a part of this, there will be a QR code somewhere, maybe later in the service. There's a link um, that might be coming up in the chat, or you can go to the acfak.org website, and there's a link there as well. So wherever you go, you can join with the mission. But we are in a series where we've been talking through some of the most foundational beliefs of Christianity. And uh, today we're talking through one of the most important ones, which is the Imago Dei. And the Imago Dei is simply Latin for the image of God. The image of God. This is the reality that every human being bears the divine likeness of God and is therefore worthy of infinite value, dignity, and love. Amen to that, huh? Every single human being, including you, including the person next to you, is, is worthy of infinite value, dignity, and love. In fact, it starts in Genesis chapter 1. We see this. We see, then God said, let us make mankind in our image. So you have a Trinitarian language, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Godhead right there in the very beginning. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So we know that in the, in the Genesis narrative of creation, that God created all things in the world. He said, it is good. Do you remember what God said when he created mankind? It's very good, that's right. It is very good. There's something uniquely good about mankind, and it's that we were created in God's image. There's something special about humanity that nothing else in creation has, the imago Dei, the image of God. Now, uh, sometimes somebody will come up to me and they'll say, hey, you kind of look like so-and-so. Maybe it's like somebody famous or, uh, you, know, you know, somebody from TV or from a movie or whatever. Half the time, I don't know the name. Have you had this happen before? They're like, hey, you look like this star. You'll have no idea who that is. Well, when you walk away, what's the first thing you do? You Google them, right? Because you're like, is this a compliment? Is this an insult? Who do I look like, right? I want to figure it out. And so you look at the person, you're like, okay, you know, maybe that's good. Maybe, maybe it's not. But you look like that person. You study that person because you want to know who you look like. And here's what I want to start off with here today. Is that when we get to know God, we actually get to know ourselves. 
This is the truth of the image of God, is that when we get to know him better, we get to know who we were created to be. If we were made in the image of God, then the more we live and act and breathe and, and, and experience life like God, the more we experience life as ourselves, as our truest selves. The truest you is found in an identity that is fully formed as somebody who is in the Imago Dei, made in the image of God. I don't know if you know this, but you are on a lifelong journey. And we all are. Everybody in the room is on a lifelong journey of, of feeling value. This, this quest that we're all on to, to feel like we have a reason to live, a reason to be here. And it starts off when we're little kids, right? Mom and dad, look what I did. Give me a sense of value. It goes into our teenage years. You know, we're playing sports or whatever. You know, we, we, we won the game. Mom and dad, look what we did. Give us value. Maybe it's you get older and you get married, you know, and you start a family together, you know, and, and you start looking around and you're like, hey, look what we accomplished together to feel value. But the problem is, as we get through life to the end of our lives, we're going to look back and wonder, was it enough? Was it enough? You see, I want you to understand this. If you don't get the Imago Dei, if you don't understand that you have intrinsic value that's given to you, not because you've done anything on this earth, you will spend the rest of your life trying to earn your value and it will destroy you. It will tear your soul apart. And so this is something to be experienced. It's something to be embraced and believed that we bear the image of God. And that's so beautiful, but then it gets messy. It gets messy because if we're honest, and I look at my life, I'm like, I don't always look a lot like Jesus. I don't always bear the image in that same sense. That, see, the, the image has been distorted by something the Bible calls sin. When sin entered the world, the image of God was distorted. But here's the reality. It never goes away. Do you know that you can't sin so much that you no longer bear the image of God? This is the most shocking reality that the most rebellious, God-hating, abusive, violent, angry, deplorable human being in the room today still bears the image of God. It's, it's, that's an incredible reality. And now if you don't say amen to that, you might not realize like that's all of us. Like we're all those people. So there's an amen. That's awesome. We should. We should go like, okay, that's God loving me right where I'm at because I am that sinner. I am that person of anger, of, of shame because of what I've done. Now, I, I see there's two major mistakes I think we make with the image of God. The first is that we live a life of shame because we're like, man, I can't handle that, that burden. It feels like a burden to bear the image of God. It's like, well, how can I ever live that way? And the answer is only by God's grace. Can you ever stand up under that reality that you live in this family of God? You actually bear God's image. The other mistake that we make in bearing the image of God is that we start to think that we are God. Like, well, if I look like God, then I must be God. And many of us fall into that camp. And I would say maybe one of the most well-used and well-known examples of the image of God that I think works really well is the example of a mirror. So most of you, I can tell you woke up this morning and you looked in a mirror. Well done. You did good. You look good. Everybody's look, looking good this morning. You looked in a mirror because you thought, if I'm going to walk into that building, I want to make sure that like, I don't look all funky and crazy and you know, out of sorts. And so you got yourself together. And a mirror has one job, and it's to accurately reflect what's in front of it, right? The problem is we're built to be mirrors, but some of us want to live as sponges. We want to absorb the glory that's meant to be reflected. Does that make sense? And when you absorb the glory that's meant to be reflected, it will destroy your soul. You were never meant to live as God's glory. He is his own glory, but we were meant to reflect his glory to the world. Some of you, as you're walking up sponsoring children, you're literally doing that right before our eyes. You are mirroring the glory of God as you pour out compassion on a child. You're not absorbing it for yourself. This is so important. Be careful absorbing God's glory. Be careful how you receive a compliment, right? Like don't start to puff yourself up a little too much. That's you absorbing the glory. Be careful if you start to think that you have built your life on your own. You have not. You did not choose your intellect. You did not choose where you were born. You did not choose the abilities that you have. You've developed things that God placed inside of you. Everything we have is a gift from him. And so this is so important that we are all recipients of God's grace but he is the one that deserves the glory. That's why we worship every time we get together. If you're like, why do we do the singing thing at church? You know, if you're like not super into singing at church, 
Um, it's because it's a very simple way that literally for thousands of years, God's people have gathered together to, instead of absorbing God's glory, reflect it away from ourselves, back to him and towards each other. That's why we worship. It's our way of saying we are not God, but we know the one who is. And we're so thankful for that today. That's why we do it. Now, in contrast to absorbing the glory, we want to give compassion to other people. That is a reflection of God's glory because God is a compassionate God. Do you know that? Literally, we just read that throughout the Bible. Jesus he talks about looking at the world in compassion, loving the world. I'm so thankful that God didn't look at the world and turn his face from us, but he actually looked down at the world with compassion and says, I will send my son on a rescue mission to humanity. I will save you from your sins. If you're wondering about this whole compassion thing, wondering what child sponsorship does, here's a few things it does. First, it, it provides ongoing Christian training through a local church. So every um, compassion site is based out of a local church, which is really incredible. So their, their whole, whole idea is building up local leaders, local pastors, and, and, and actually building the local church so that they can care for themselves long-term. It's really it's a great, great system. Uh, it provides educational opportunities to defeat illiteracy, something we take for granted, right? Is illiteracy, this, this reality that we can read, so much that you can gain from that. Uh, key life skills, training, and vocational programs. So once again, helping them get jobs, helping them develop so that they can care for themselves. And ultimately, what you see from many Compassion Kids is they end up becoming Compassion Sponsors, which is amazing. Uh, healthcare to prevent and fight disease and sickness. And it provides supplements to protect against malnutrition and lots of other things. Lots of other things. Genesis 128 continues on. It says, God blessed them, them being the humans that he created, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So this is what theologians call the cultural mandate. The cultural mandate. And this is essentially God's vision for humanity. A culture, if you don't know what culture is, culture is simply what human beings make of the world. It's our art, it's our technology, it's our language, it's the things that we create in the world. And so God gives us this divine assignment, the cultural mandate. And I think it has three specific parts. The first is fill the earth. Fill the earth. Any parents in the room? Parents, raise your hand. Yep, well done. You did it. Cultural mandate, step one. Mason, our worship leader up here, he has a little baby, little baby Winter. She's amazing. So good job, Mason. Uh, you fulfilled the cultural mandate, at least step one. Step two is to discover its possibilities. This is something many of you have done in the world. It's like you've started a business. You have uh, built a house. You have created something, right? And so our mandate as humanity is to discover the possibilities that God wove into the DNA of the world, right? And the third thing is to be a caretaker. We're to care for the world. This is important. The same way God cares for us, we are to, uh, to be that image of God to the world as we care for the people around us. And I think a lot of times this particular verse gets misunderstood because it says, fill the earth and subdue it. And so when I hear subdue, I think like submit, like, like stomp on it, like make it submit to you. But really to fill the earth and subdue it is simply to be a co-creator with God on earth. It's that we actually get invited into the creation process that we get to kind of co-create with God, to leverage the beautiful things that God has given us to create more beautiful things. So that's the invitation that God gives us. But here's the problem. We do live in a world that does not believe in the Imago Dei. So our society doesn't believe in this, doesn't think this way. So what happens in a society that doesn't believe that human beings bear the image of God? Like, what would, that, what would that actually look like? Well, I wrote down three different steps. I think the first step is this. Society rejects the exist, existence of God. So this is the first step, is that if, if society rejects that God exists, then we can't be made in the image of God. There is no God, right? So that's step one. Step two is that humans are viewed as no more than complex organisms, right? Like we've taught, you're just like a bunch of molecules bouncing around together, right? That's all you are. Um, you're just a very complex version of a rock, right? Like that's all, that's all you are. And then step three is this, people lose their value. Would you say that this, I mean, can you see this in society? I think I can. 
Do you see like the slow elevation of human value in society? Or do you see the slow uh, degradation of humans in society? I think I, I see the devaluing of humans in society more than the valuing of humans. And that's all the product of a society that says there is no image of God. Humans aren't made uh, any different than anything else. You're just like a rock with arms, right? There's nothing more to you than that. So I, here's, here's what I'm going to say. This will be controversial. Um, so just prepare yourself. Buckle up in church. I'm going I'm to make a statement. Okay. Humans, I believe, are more valuable than animals. Okay. Now hold on. Some of you are like, oh, Fluffy's pretty amazing. I get it. Now hold on. And even the Christians in the room, I've, I've, I've had some great conversations over the past few days about this because they're like, no, no, really? Are you sure? I mean, even just, I mean, go to Matthew chapter 10. Jesus talks about this. He says, like, consider the birds of the sky. He says, how much more valuable are you than them? How much care God gives to the animals of the world? How much more care must God give to you? as he sustains you with life. I mean, this is, a, this is a really big deal is that we actually believe this, is that there is a, there's a unique value that is in human beings that is not in the animals. This is so key that we get this. At a base level, humans have self-awareness, a wrestling with sin, a desire to forgive, a need for purpose, an awareness of God, and my bunnies at home don't have that. I have two bunnies. My children actually do. Silverstream and Cody. Um, and I'll, here's, here's what I'll promise you, is that this morning, Silverstream didn't like wake up and go, psst, Cody, what? I'm just kind of thinking about last night. I bit Avery on his hand, and I'm just kind of working through the emotions of that. And I think it comes down to like my mom when I was young, and she abandoned me. And I'm working through this feeling, and Cody's like, yeah, that's codependency, man. You need to get some counseling for that and work through that. Like they're not working through the same things we are. It's different, Right? It's different. They don't feel shame for their sin like we do. And if you're like, no, no, no. When my dog eats the trash, he feels shame. No, he doesn't. You're like, no, I've seen it on his face. No, it's not shame, right? That's, that's from the last time he got your size 10 up his backside because he, you know, like these are animals, right? Like my bunnies aren't trying to figure out like, how can I make the world better? They're just like, give me more food and water so I can pee all over the floor. That's all they do. That's all they're thinking. It's so like if I was driving down the Glen Highway on the way home today and a bear jumped out on the highway and you were walking on the sidewalk every single time, depending on which one of you is, like I, I would hit the bear, I would hit the bear every single time and you would say that, that's right because cause, cause the human has more value than the animal, right? We, we know this and this isn't to say we don't care for animals. This isn't to give an excuse to abuse animals in any way, but it's just to elevate the value of humans. This is not how our society thinks. You're like, yeah, I've got like the kitty tower that was $789 with all the carpet on it. Like we do love our animals. And I think that's okay. As long as we understand that they do not bear the image of God, humans do. Humans bear the image of God. This is so important that we get this. This is why we want to pour ourselves out for human beings. Without this belief in the image of God, it, uh, it just gets worse. I was studying um, some stuff from the Holocaust this week for this message, and many of you have um, read up on the Holocaust and uh, understand kind of what happened there. But in October of 1939, uh, Germany began a program called the Euthanasia Program. And the Euthanasia Program was this idea where humans who were disabled— uh, mentally handicapped in any, any sort of way, or, or who felt like they were going to be a drain on society, would be killed. And so between the years of 1940 and 1945, over 200,000 people were murdered. And you go, well, why? Why would they do that? It seems insane. And the answer is, they lacked an understanding of the image of God. They lack to realize that although people may be in a, in a place of struggle or, or have some kind of physical ailment, that they still bear God's image, which means they have infinite intrinsic value. This is the message of the church, and it's very unique. And maybe you're here and you're just like, man, I want to participate in not that, but in people knowing their image, knowing the value that they have. I kind of wrote down a bit of a vision statement for us. And it's this, as those who believe every human being is made in God's image, we as ACF Church reject involvement with anything that reduces people to products 
and will inconvenience ourselves to give dignity and value to those discarded by society. Can I get an amen to that? That's something that we, we connect with is that we will inconvenience ourselves to show people that they have value. And you might be like, I would never be part of the Holocaust, Brian. I would never do anything like that. But can we be honest? There are ways that we reduce the value of other humans, some of us every day. There are simple things that we do. Like, how do we begin to elevate the value of other human beings? I think here's a simple one. Like some of you are single and you're dating and looking for a relationship. So if you want to elevate the value of human beings, enter into a relationship with somebody else, not so that they'll fulfill your needs, but because they are an opportunity to pour out love for the rest of your life. Because any married person in the room knows that, yep, that's what we signed up for. Marriage wasn't like, she's going to fulfill my needs. Marriage was an invitation to sacrifice myself for the rest of my life. At least if it's going to be a healthy marriage, right? An unhealthy marriage is, you can meet all my needs, which they never will. Sorry to burst your bubble. So maybe that's a simple way. How about this? We reject the use of pornography, right? Because we don't want to contribute to cliques that feed a paycheck to women or men that says, hey, you are nothing but a body to be used for my own pleasure, the image of God. People are more than that. And we don't want to be part of communicating that. If you are a boss or a business owner or a manager, and you have people that work under you who also have families that they're responsible for, it's our job as God's people to go, I want to provide well for them, right? I want to see people with value and go, what can I do to make sure they can care for their families? I don't want to pay them as little as possible just to get the job done. I want to bless them like God blessed me as much as I possibly can, right? I mean, it's even, some of you are even going to kind of squirm at this one, but you might even pay more for the clothing that you buy to know that it wasn't made on the backs of children that weren't paid for their job or who are abused. That you might just go, man, I'm just going to try to source things a little differently and be a little more picky about what I purchase because I'm like, man, I I don't want to be part of devaluing humans in this world. I want to be part of giving people value. I want to send this clear message to the world around me, and it's that every person matters. Every person. Every one of you. Every one of us. Young, old, born, unborn. White, black, Hispanic, rich, poor, white collar, blue collar, educated, uneducated. Every person matters because we all share the same image of the God who created us. Every single person matters. And here's the thing. Let's be real. We don't always wake up in the morning living that way. I don't always wake up in the morning and go like, how do I give somebody value? Um, Can I be real? The first person I think of in the morning when I wake up is me. I'm sorry if you thought it was you. It's not. It's me. It's like, what do I want for breakfast? Where am I going today? What do I need to get done? I think of myself. We don't naturally think, how do I give someone else this understanding of the image of God? I think the only way to do that is if it begins with contentment in our hearts and a realization that we bear that image. You see, I don't know that you can give this away until you receive it. I think the first thing is you got to go, okay, God, you say I have value. I'm going to stop striving to earn it. I'm going to receive it. And, And when you receive that, you'll start to give it away. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. That sounds cute, but, I mean, let's be real. That's hard. So you're like food and clothing, right? So if I got like a Slim Jim and some shoes on my feet, I'm supposed to be happy. Brian, my standard's a little bit higher than that, can I be honest? And I'll say that too. Like I, I struggle with that, but this is what Paul's saying is like, hey, if we had food and clothing, we've got what we need because we also have the image of God. We also have the approval of God through the blood of Christ. We have everything that we need as God's people. Everything else is just a bonus. But what we can't have is that we're building our kingdom while other people are starving and we're just like, man, like I just need more for myself. That's a lack of contentment. He's saying, hey, do you want to gain more in life? Be content. Maybe sometimes we don't need that next thing to make us content. Maybe we just need to appreciate what we do have. I know I sound like your dad saying that, but that's truth, right? That's truth, is that we need to appreciate the things that God has blessed us with. And so what can we do as co-creators with God to reflect his glory to the world? Uh, As the first century church was being established, this was written, Colossians 3, verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
Clothe yourselves with, let's say this word together, compassion. Clothe yourselves with it. In other words, like, I don't know about you, I get up in the morning, I clothe myself with clothing, right? He says, when you get up in the morning, clothe yourself with compassion. And if you don't know what compassion is, compassion is simply when we make other people's problems our priority. It's when I see what's going on in your life and I go, that's not your problem, that's my problem. Because that's what God did for us, right? God saw the sin of humanity. He saw us destroying ourselves and says, that's not your problem, that's my problem. I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna come and rescue you out of your sin. And I know it's easy to find excuses so that you don't have to give compassion to other people. I know I tend to do that. Sometimes I undermine the potential of my influence. Some of you here today, you're like, can I really do that much? I I promise you that you are far more capable than you realize by the power of God working through you. We together are far more capable than you realize. I just, you gotta get your head wrapped around like children's lives are being changed today forever. It's incredible. I know sometimes I think this, I think if I can't help all, why help one, right? Which I was wrestling with that this week because, you know, for me and my family, like we've got a couple compassion kids here, you know, and we're talking about how many more can we sponsor? We're gonna have a whole school bus full by the end of this morning, right? But like, like we're in on this with you and I was wrestling through it. Like, oh, how much of a difference is it making? And God just like hit me with the gospel. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life, right? So God loved the world, yet he knew that the whole world would not respond. He knew that some of you in this room today would, 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 would stiff arm God and say, I, I don't want any part of this. And yet, you know what? He still died for you. He still poured out his love for you. I'm so thankful God didn't go, well, if I can't save all, I won't save one. So for us as a church family, we don't, we don't use that logic. We go, no, no. I'm gonna make a difference in that person's life because that person bears the image of God. I fell in love with uh, the Compassion International vision statement. I mentioned it earlier. And it's just releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. What you need to know about this for us as a church, if you're new to ACF, is that we are not the church with a hundred different partnerships. You know, like when you come in and it's like a a fair out in the lobby with all these different, but we don't do that. We have one partnership and it's with Compassion International. And you might think, well, that's not very much. No, 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 it's a lot. We just chose, instead of doing a lot of things not very well, to do one thing extremely well. You guys, you sponsor children really well at ACF Church, and you are changing these kids' lives. And when I started hearing about Compassion, um, I decided to go on a journey personally, first just to kind of sponsor some children, um, you know, then like to experience and dig in deeper of like, what is compassion all about? Because here's the thing, for me to get up here and say, let's sponsor children through compassion means that I have to be confident in their mission, in their integrity, right? That these kids are actually getting the help they need because I know you have the same questions. You wanna make sure that you are leveraging your finances to the best of your ability and that it's actually helping these kids. And, and I'm a skeptic. If you're here today and you're, all you're thinking about the commercials with Sarah McLaughlin singing in the background, you know, and like, you're like, is this like one of those? No, it's not like one of those. You need to understand there are a lot of organizations that help children with poverty, not so many who help them in Jesus' name. Because we do believe that, like the video said earlier, that poverty is deeper than physical. It's spiritual as well. It's not just physically not having what you need. It's spiritually feeling like you don't have value. And child sponsorship is something that you do to simply tell a child, you are infinitely and intrinsically value, valued because you bear the image of God. That's what you're literally doing when you sponsor a child. And so I was actually able to go on a trip, flew ha- halfway across the world to uh, Kenya to get on the ground and to see some of the work that was happening there through Compassion, to go to some of these Compassion sites, to meet the children on the other end of your $38 and just to see like, is it actually making a difference? And I'm here to tell you, I promise you, it is. It's making a massive difference. In fact, we as a staff, we sponsor uh, this little boy, this little Emmanuel. I gave him a little moose, Alaska moose there. Um, He's just awesome. And so it's really cool just to to meet him. Some of you who sponsor children will actually get to go to Peru here in the next year or two um, as we work on trips. And so we don't have a date on that, but that's another really cool opportunity is to meet your sponsored child. There's just some pastors that I was able to go and experience this with. Um, 
just walking through this slum, these were the way these communities were built, just out of 10, um, with large families living under one roof. It's, uh, it's pretty rough for conditions. And then we ran into this little boy. Um, this is not a stock photo downloaded off of Google Images. It's a real little boy that we met with his packet. These are letters that have been sent to him. Because when you see your compassion child, they have binders with every letter that's been written, with, with every bit of correspondence, with uh, all of their tests from school and all of their education and examples of what they're doing to grow and their medical records and everything because it's making such a difference. And so you actually get to meet them and see the progress in their lives that's coming through your sponsorship. It's making a massive difference. You see, poverty is an overwhelming global problem right now. Over 600 million children right now are living in extreme poverty. And I was, I was reading about this this week, that every single day, this is crazy, don't miss this, over 22,000 children die because of preventable poverty-related issues. 22,000. I don't know if you've looked up the COVID numbers for deaths globally lately, but from what I looked at this week, they've never been that high. And COVID's a real deal, right? Don't get me wrong. But this has been happening for a very long time. Today, you can make a difference. It doesn't have to be 22,000. So um, I know some of you are different places financially. Some of you are teenagers and you're like, I don't have two nickels to rub together. That's fine. But you have one nickel and the next person next to you has a nickel and you can rub those two together, right? You can work together. You can get some friends together, maybe sponsor one child. I don't know. I don't know, maybe, maybe you're here and you're a blue-collar worker and you're working hard on the commute uh, to work on, on uh, Monday morning. Come on, that's awesome. Oh, we could just go home. That's incredible. If you're with us online, my point wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> We just sponsored every kid in the house. So praise God for that. That's amazing. There'll be a QR code if you're here and you're like, I was going to move during the worship set. What about me? And that's okay. No, it's fine. Um, it's just fine. There's going to be a QR code on the screen and there are more children in the Cusco area that would love sponsorship that we need your help with. And so you can jump in there. But I just want to encourage you to be creative today. Um, I don't know where you're at financially, but just to consider, maybe you're here and you are, you're very resourced. You could sponsor 10 kids. I want you to scan that code and, and maybe that's you today and you just want to take that step. Um, but here's what I'm asking. Everybody listen. Just follow Jesus, okay? Like don't do something for me. Don't do something because people are getting up and moving around. Do, do what God's asking you to do today. Just be obedient to his spirit in your life. And some of you don't know like where we've come from, from uh, the compassion journey and what we've been on as, as a church family. And so why don't you check out this story of ACF's connection with Compassion. A major earthquake has struck near Anchorage, Alaska. People were said to be running to take cover, some of them leaving buildings. Seismologists say there have been several dozen aftershocks since the earthquake struck this morning, and there will be several more, they say, for weeks, months, possibly even years. We've got a major earthquake here in Anchorage, some major damage to the building, drywall down, and yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big mess. Things are flooded, we got the security lights on. Crazy is how everything shifted. This boiler moved about six inches and sheared this water line off completely. Alright guys, here we are. Hey, we are picking up after this big earthquake here in Alaska 2018. It's been crazy. There's drywall hanging everywhere and water leaking all over the place. And we are one day after the earthquake and we've got really just a, a ton of people upstairs all over our campus picking up, cleaning up, vacuuming. So I love that you guys lean in when times get tough, when it gets difficult. You guys do your best to help everyone out. And that's really what makes this community amazing and really what makes this church amazing. So thank you so much for being the hands and feet of Jesus and amplifying his grace to our city this year.
driving to church in the morning, I had this notion, I knew it was Compassion Sunday, and I was like, there's no way I can afford this. I was literally, in my mind, going through my bills in my head and wondering where I could you know, fit this one in. And, and I was like, I'm gonna listen, but I just, I'm not gonna go up there. I'm just gonna sit down and I'm just gonna be at church. We can't wipe out child poverty in every city, but what if we can wipe it out in one city? I came into church, sat down, and I listened to the sermon, and by the end of the sermon, I'm like, this is totally affordable. It's totally something I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna go grab, a, go grab an envelope, and that's exactly what I did, and I haven't looked back. of um, mail from Compassion, I know it's from him. He updates me on what he loves to do, like the foods he likes to eat, how his family's doing, and it's just like this great relationship that I know is gonna even get deeper and deeper as the years go on and as he gets older. Imagine what you're doing for this one child that doesn't have opportunity and is reaching out for help. That is what we as Christians do, is we help each other. That's so good. I just think of how it might shape society, how it might shape Eagle River, Alaska, the world, if people began to see the image of God in other human beings. I mean, how might that shape the arguments that happen in our culture right now? How might that kind of direct the way that maybe the, the, the staff culture feels at your job if people understood that every individual bears the image of God? What if you embraced that reality for yourself today, maybe for the first time? You see, when you believe that you bear the image of God, you don't get to look yourself in the mirror tomorrow morning and say you're worthless. Because that's you saying God is worthless. Now, if you bear the image of God, you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I have infinite intrinsic value. Not because I say so, but because God says so. And I'm so valuable, I am worth dying for. Because that's exactly what Jesus did for you. I was thinking about kind of maybe a simple way to wrap this up and make this make sense. I want to invite my little man up here, Grayson. Give Grayson a hand, would you? Come here, buddy. Grayson is nine years old, and uh, people say we look alike. I don't know. Do you see it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we kind of we kind of look alike. Um, you know, I I don't think I could love Grayson anymore, and he he bears my image as a dad, and for me. Um, his care is my primary priority, right? Like I gotta make sure he is cared for and that's, that's what I do. Uh, and I just want you to imagine like, imagine you are overseas somewhere, you're walking down a street and you see Grayson, right? You're shocked. You're like, is that Pastor Brian's kid? What, what's he doing here? And you see him in a situation of poverty. He doesn't have what he needs. He doesn't have the food or the, the clothing that he needs to survive. And you have a decision to make. In that moment, right, you're going to make a choice. I would imagine that what you're not going to do is go, I'm going to really pray for Grayson today. I just sure hope God sends somebody to Grayson to rescue him out of poverty. What you're probably not going to do is go, I have a few things in my Amazon cart right now, and it's probably going to cost me a few dollars to give him a hand. 
So I'm just gonna kind of debate about this for a few minutes. Like you wouldn't do that. No, you'd run up to Grayson and you'd go, man, I can't believe that God sent you to me and is giving me the opportunity to serve you and to make a difference in your life. Like you, I think because you know me, that you would run right into that situation and you would do everything you could to help out my son. And so all I want you to do is you guys think about today, as you think about showing compassion, not just to these children on, on, in compassion, but also to people in the world, what I wanna encourage you to do is just do for them what you would do for Grayson. Do for them what you would do for your own child because they bear God's image. Would you stand up? I wanna pray for us today as we move forward. Father, thank you so much for, uh, for the church. Thank you for this incredible day. And God, I just can't believe the generosity of our church family and how you continue to use this, this group of people to make a massive impact on the world. God, thank you so much that darkness is fleeing from the family of God, fully empowered by your Holy Spirit. God, thank you for using us. We we know that you could do all things on your own, God, that everything is in your hands, that we've never done something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. And yet, God, we are so thankful that you invite us into your story, that you invite us into other people's story. God, that we get to use what you've given us to make a difference. And it really does make a difference. Father, I pray you first impress it upon us that we bear your image. I wanna pray for the man or woman who walked into church here today and felt like they had no value who just kind of felt worthless. God, that you would help them to believe today that they always have worth, not because of what they've done or haven't done, but because you say so. And Father, you are the highest authority in the universe. So we believe that today. And God, use us today in, in ways that we could have never thought of to show compassion to our friends and neighbors. Continue to use ACF Church. God, send us out as missionaries to the world, declaring the good news of the kingdom. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, we hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.